0: Hey there, Giants fans. Welcome to the latest episode of our Talk is Cheap Giants podcast from uh, NJ Advance Media, the Star Ledger, and NJ.com. Tuesday morning here about 10 o'clock, January the 3rd, as we're recording this. Um, We'll we'll go ahead and start a little different, obviously, than we normally do. Usually we'll recap what had happened in the Giants' previous game. And, um, you know, obviously they clinched a playoff berth on Sunday by beating the Colts. And we'll we'll get to all that. We we will. Um, But obviously everyone in the sports world, the NFL world, and um, and really, uh, you know, a lot of people around around the country uh, are the focus here on Tuesday morning is De- DeMar Hamlin, the safety for the Bills, who uh, collapsed uh, last night against the Bengals in Cincinnati after a hit uh, to his chest, went into cardiac arrest and is currently is recording this, I guess, still in critical condition. Um, that was the latest update from the Bills. That was a while ago. Um, so I, I obviously we'll start with a conversation about that. Um not, it's not, you know, and, and it goes without saying it, a horrible um, event, a horrible incident that happened. Um, the NFL clearly made the right decision to suspend that game. Um, I have a hard time seeing how they uh, will resume it. It, it. That's irrelevant. We don't even need to talk about that. Um, but, you know, we'll talk about just sort of the emotions of, of the event. Um, and it looks like, you know, w- we'll see. I mean, he's still in a, in a tough medical situation. Um, his his condition appears to have stabilized based on uh to some degree based on what his agent um and others have around close to him have, have put out there uh, on Twitter. Um but um there's a bit of a giants tie in here um because Brian Dable, Joe Shane were with the Bills last year and DeMar Hamlin, uh the young man, the twenty four year old young man um who who did collapse last night, he he was a six round pick last year by the Bills. So not only are Brian Dable and Joe Shane familiar with DeMar Hamlin, but also, of course, a bunch of Giants players. You know, Isaiah Hodgins, Matt Breida, John Feliciano, uh, Nick McLeod, among those who were with the Bills last year. Um, and, and Nick McLeod, the cornerback f- for the Giants, obviously uh, very close to DeMar Hamlin and had a very poignant um, comment on his Instagram story saying, you know, you got me in tears, twin. I love you, man. Um a, a really poignant post there, uh, from, from, uh, Nick McLeod and others, of course, around the NFL, including all these guys, Matt Breida and John Feliciano weighing in about what happened last night. So, uh, yeah, just a pretty heavy morning, um, in the sports world, Bob, uh, I guess just let you make a couple comments on, on that as well.
1: Yeah. I, I, I wasn't watching exactly when it happened. I was watching something else, but then I turned to the game and, I was just like, I couldn't believe what was happening. Um, and then I couldn't stop watching uh, just because I wanted to know what happened to this kid. And, you know, the more I listened to it, um, and I, I don't think I went to bed till 1230 at night. And I, I think I woke up at one and uh, looked at my looked at my phone and it had said basically it had cardiac been, been in cardiac arrest is what happened to him. And immediately and, and that they that they had put him in an induced coma basically uh to treat him. And immediately it came flooding back to me. I had a friend who was it's been about eight or nine years now. Um he was about fifty-two at the time, another writer, Phil Sheridan from the Inquire, longtime writer, worked for ESPN, um, who ha- who this happened to. Uh, you know, and he introduced me to the term sudden cardiac death is what he had, and I think it's very similar to sudden cardiac arrest, which was what tomorrow Hamlin had. I don't know if Tamar Hamlin's hit with collision with uh T. Higgins caused his what happened to him. But Phil was jogging. Um he just come out of the woods. He collapsed uh fortunately on the road not in the woods where nobody was at. A um a, a guy was driving by again just very lucky for Phil who knew how to do CPR, did CPR, called the hospital. Again, fortunate for Phil, he lived about three to five minutes away from the hospital, so he got attention quick, but he had a long road to recover. Uh, They put him in an induced coma. Um, They had to put a a defibrillator in his heart that will be in his heart for the rest of his life. When he came out of the coma, he had speech problems. He had no memory of anything that happened. Uh, He has fully recovered. But, you know, I texted with Phil this morning. I'm like, Phil, that's exactly what happened to you. He goes, Yeah, you could tell. I could tell right away it was a cardiac event. And he said it was not fun to watch. Uh, so it, it brought back that memory for me. Uh, I'm grateful forever that my friend recovered the way he did. And I hope this kid recovers the way uh, Phil did. And even better, uh, whether he plays again or not, of course, I'd love for this kid to play. Uh, but I hope. I just hope he fully recovers and can have a have a good long life.
0: Yeah, I mean the hope here is you know a young man, strong, obviously professional athlete, um, in good shape, and you hope that works in his benefit. And so, you know, of course, everyone, I'm sure you saw the replay, but it, you know, just he he delivered a hit, and then he took a couple steps back, and he fell backwards. Um, and the bill statement said Demar Hamlin suffered a cardiac uh, arrest following a hit in our game versus the Bengals. So his heartbeat was restored on the field. Um, and I'm talking here, they shocked him with the paddles. Um, and he was transferred to the UC medical center for further testing and treatment. He is currently sedated in critical condition. That was the bill statement overnight. Um, and so, yeah, I mean that, that, um, you mentioned Phil, Phil, uh, Phil's situation and, and in 1971, a, a somewhat similar situation with Chuck Hughes, a receiver for the, the lions. He, he actually passed away at the age of 28 as a result of, um, a heart issue uh, uh that happened during a game. Um a couple of plays after he delivered a hit and you, you can go read about this, um, but that's the only um death to ever happen. Um,
1: yeah, um during you know,
0: a football game. Which
1: in some ways is kind of I don't want to say amazing, but you know, it's such a violent sport and these yeah. guys these guys, you know, they crash into each other. they, they have car accidents for a living. So many of them uh you know it's 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 really fortunate that there's only been one and so fortunate that there wasn't another one last night but my mind did go to Chuck Hughes I was 8 years old when when Chuck Hughes died and it was obviously the world was a lot different place there wasn't social media there wasn't there wasn't 18,000 TV channels uh every game wasn't covered so closely but I, it's a, it's a vivid memory even at 8 years old of watching an NFL game that was a right around the time when I started paying attention to the NFL and having them come on TV and say, this Chuck Hughes has died. uh, As we talked about before we came on, Daryl, I I had a classmate at that time named Chuck Hughes. So that always has stuck with me. Um, You know, other things like this have happened in sports. Um, Hank Gathers is one that comes to mind. Um, You know, him collapsing on the court and what a tragic, tragic story that was. Um, you know it 's scary these guys you know so we we watch them, and it it is a form of entertainment um but you always have to remember these are human beings and they are not superheroes, and they're all just as frail as we are in many ways
0: well said and um you know that game went you know I was reading about that game last night in seventy one with Chuck Hughes, they actually continued the game, which is insane um and of course the NFL and the NFL made the right decision to suspend last night's game and um you know i i guess you know you don't you don't really know what to how to wrap your head around a situation like this especially i mean the hit was hard um um it was not no one did anything wrong um you're used to seeing a lot of head and neck and stinger you know guys those type of situations in the NFL and of course everyone remembers Dennis Byrd with the Jets um that's typically what you see and you you do see in football a lot of years later guys the, the head injuries we've you know that's been well covered the cte and the and the early deaths due to dementia because of that but this is a certainly different um not altogether unprecedented but certainly different and shocking in just so many ways in terms of the form and the fashion of the of the incident and the injury and then now as we're sitting here um just waiting to hear about, you know, what's, what's, uh, what the prognosis is for, for this young man. And, uh, obviously the guys who know him best, you know, you talk about these, these guys are people. I mean, when you're in the, when you get to be around an NFL locker room, um, you, you do see sort of the ebbs and flows of, of just the daily life of these guys. I mean, they they deal with, um, you know, the same, obviously, I mean, it's, it's trite to say like, Oh, they're just like you and me. Well, like, course of course, (laughs) like no of course, they're just, uh, guys who just do a very unique thing for a living. And, um, you, you, you get to uh, somewhat bear witness to some of the the ups and downs in their lives. And these guys have kids during the season and, 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 and life happens to them during the season. Um,
1: when when you do it, when you do what we do, yes, you, you see the human frailty of them, uh, which so many people don't see one, one that comes to mind when I was covering the Eagles was Brandon Brooks. Uh, there were several times where he couldn't play a game because he was so um, just he, he 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 became so um, I don't, I'm looking for the right word here. Mentally, it was just so overwhelming to him. Um, he had so much anxiety. There's the word I'm looking for so much anxiety about it that it, several times he, during his career, he actually couldn't play the game because he had so much anxiety about playing the game. Uh, you know, and he was such a smart, uh, thoughtful guy to talk about it. Uh, you know, some. You know that is that is something maybe that, that people don't realize. These guys don't want to talk about it because it makes them in a in a macho world look not as macho. But, um, you know, it's just, and it is trite to say, yeah, they're just human beings. But, um, you know, when when you do what we do, you you see just how human they are because they they will they will talk to us sometimes about just real life everyday things um and it's you know it's a, it's actually kind of a fun part of our job to when when you do get to have those you know your, your notebooks down and you just start talking to to these guys about their lives uh you know it's a very interesting part of our job
0: and you got to remember too i mean we're talking kind of bringing it back to the giants here about these guys who um are sharing their thoughts and their emotions about DeMar Hamlin. And it's a big league, but it's a small league. I mean, 53 guys on an active roster and then all the practice squad guys times 32. I mean, you're you're talking about more than 1,700 players in the league, but in a lot of ways it is a small league. Guys, even if they haven't played against each other, have kind of relationships. And I think you develop almost like an intimate connection when you're on the field with someone in such a violent setting. Um, And you are like hitting the crap out of people. I mean, that's your job. And there's a certain, um, I think brutal intimacy to the NFL and, um, in, in, in the ways that these guys, and, and you see like after games for as violent as these games are, um, and I rem- just thinking about like Geno Smith on, on Sunday, uh, you know, and in a lot of situations, like even if, you know, the Jets lost that game in Seattle, but guys are greeting each other after the game cordially you see a lot of the jersey exchanges now and and again when you play with a guy the relationship is obviously very strong and so that's what you're seeing I think you're you're seeing that come out um even if guys didn't know him or maybe played against him or or were tackled by him there's a certain um you know closeness and that that comes about there and uh and obviously someone like Nick McLeod who um who has played with Demar Hamlin came into the league with him last year. Nick McLeod undrafted, uh, Demar Hamlin a 6 round pick with the Bills, and they they developed clearly a close relationship in that Bills secondary as they excuse me were both trying to carve out roles. Um and and Nick McLeod was with was with uh the Bills all the way up until remember till this,
1: uh, trainers. Start of the season, pretty much.
0: Yeah, so right until the end of training camp. So he was he spent a good chunk of it, of his young life so far and the start of his professional career with DeMar Hamlin. and
1: Right, and Hodg- Hodgkins is with him this year for, for 10 games. Yeah, Isaiah
0: Hodgkins was was with the Bills as well right through this year. And so the Giants today on Tuesday, they're off. They were off yesterday to celebrate their playoff, clinching victory over the Colts. And so they'll we'll be back uh, in East Rutherford tomorrow, Wednesday, and hopefully um, we'll be able to talk to these guys about, you know, a young man whose is, prognosis is,
1: is much clearer and better. And, yes. um, you know, one, one of the interesting things I did watch last night is after the game was officially postponed and uh, ESPN kicked his Scott Van Pelt, who was with Ryan Clark, and he had outstanding perspective. He, of course, went through a devastating injury of his own, scary as can be you know he he was just talking about how people forget like the risks you know they want to talk about the money these guys make and the lives they live but the risks they put on the line every time they they go out go out there uh and he was very emotional about the whole thing. I mean everybody was everybody was uh, emotional it was impossible not to be um you know it was like you know I've, I've covered sports for 40 something years I don't think I've ever seen anything like that. I've seen a, I've seen a lot of different stuff. Uh you know, I, I covered a near near death car crash once of Lenny Dykstra and Darren Dalton back in the early 90s. Um they both fortunately lived. Uh um you know, but I never saw anything on a field quite like that and quite frankly I hope I never see it again.
0: Yeah. I mean, it just, it's a reminder of how fragile the human body really is. I mean, these guys are super strong. And, um, you know, like I said, the hit was hard and it was right in the worst possible spot. And so, um, the, in terms of the risk and the fragility of your body, no matter how, um, no matter how, how strong you are, but let's hope obviously that his youth and strength can really help him here. And, oh, so there's really obviously no non-awkward way to transition into talking about the giants, um, from that. Um, the guys will have the Giants players will clearly have that on their mind this week, especially the guys who played with him. Well, well, you know, everyone knows what happened Sunday for the Giants. They beat the Colts. Um, they're in the playoffs for the first time since 2016, uh, and just the second time since their 2011 Super Bowl victory. Of course, they went one and done in 2016. They have dreams of doing bigger and better things uh, this time around. Uh, pretty hand, handily beat the Colts, uh, who are uh, awful. Um, so no surprise there, but obviously at nine, six and one and locked into the six seed in the NFC, this magical giant season continuing um, and uh, presuming these games happen this weekend. I think some of that could depend on this situation and how, if it continues to turn for the better, or if God forbid something awful happens, but let's just assume you know, these games do happen this weekend. The Giants play at the Eagles at 425 and their week 18 regular season finale on Sunday. Of course, the Cowboys-Commanders game at the same time. The Eagles not going to be able to rest players um, because they're still trying to fend off the Cowboys in the NFC East. The Giants, it sounds like, probably will or they, I think they should rest players. And just forget setting aside this DeMar Hamlin, Hamlin thing. Like, okay, like anyone can get hurt, obviously. But, but they do need to rest players. Like, let, let's just. That was the case even before this. Uh, where do you where do you sit on that? Um, I, I know you were a little more uh, on the fence. Do you think they should rest guys on Sunday? Should Brian Dable do that?
1: You know, and, and Brian Dable was asked about this yesterday. And the the most classic example of all this, and Brian Dable's two head coaching mentors. Well, he's, he had more than two, but two two of them who were consistently going to the playoffs and confronted with these types of situations were Bill Belichick and, and Sean McDermott. Um, and, you know, Belichick was kind of all over the place of how he handled these things. Um, you know, in 2007, he had an unbeaten team on the final week of the season. And of course, everybody in New York knows that they had to play the Giants and Tom Coughlin had a seed locked up and they both teams decided we're going, try to win this game. It ended up being a classic game. The Giants lost. You could argue that they lost that night, but they won They they lost a battle that night, but won the war because it showed them that they can play with the Patriots. And five weeks later, in fact, they they beat the Patriots to win the Super Bowl. Um, Could the Giants benefit at all in your mind from playing the Eagles, beating them, knocking them into the fifth seed, showing them what happened in at MetLife Stadium? Uh, You know, wasn't who they were. You know, there were turnovers, early turnovers there. They got out of hand early, uh, and they're a much better team than that. Yeah, they probably could. I think. Um, now you got to weigh that against: do you, do you risk getting hurt? Brian Dable, I think, thought thought had the best answer. to This it, it, it's only right if whatever you decide is only right if it works. Uh, and there's no way to know that to, whether it's going to be right or not. I mean, the, the the Packers are a classic situation. They they rested their guys. Um, again, the giants are involved here when they were 15 and one, they rested, they rested Aaron Rodgers and the rest of the guys, and then went and played their divisional round playoff game two weeks later against the giants, got their butts kicked, (laughs) um, you know, and the giants, that was an 11 when the giants went on to win the super bowl. Um, you know, I've seen it done both ways and sometimes works. Sometimes it doesn't, you know, I don't. I wouldn't. I wouldn't have a problem with it if the Giants played their starters. I really wouldn't. Um, but I think what's going to happen is they're going to play for a series or two, which is what Sean McDermott I think did last time the Bills were in this situation. He played. He played Josh Allen and the starters for about two series, then took them out. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if that's the direction that Brian Dable goes Sunday.
0: Sounds about right. It's not necessarily an either or thing. They can play a little, but not play the whole game and. You know, look, I think the argument, goes, look, if the Giants, and we'll get to the opponent in the next round, but say it's likely going to be Minnesota, if the Giants go to Minnesota and they lose or lose bad, the reason is not going to be because they're rusty. You know, like no one, no one could tangibly look at that and say, oh, that you shouldn't arrested guys. Well, that's not going to be why it happened, but if they do get guys hurt in this game and lose got a key player or two, and they do lose, then there is the, well, what if, you know, the true what if scenario, because that's a concrete fact that guys would have gotten hurt. So, uh, you know, they've played eight. They've played-
1: I, I, I agree with that to some extent, Daryl, but not entirely. I, I think, I think there is such a thing as like mojo in this game. And did, and I think the giants have it right now. I think they got it from, they got it from rebounding from that Eagles game. to to beat the commanders and then give the Vikings a really tough time in Minnesota. And then just having their first blow out of the season. I think they got some mojo right now. Um, And I think you can keep that going. Uh, Like you said, there's no tangible way to measure that. uh, Whereas there is a tangible way to measure a guy getting hurt and you you have to play without him. Uh, But I, I, I think, I think mojo is a real thing.
0: So. Yeah, that, that's fair, and I think uh, this team has played eight straight games, so they've been rolling. Um, maybe they're tired a little bit. Maybe, maybe not. Um, they played eight straight before their bye. They had their bye. They've now played eight straight. This will be their ninth straight, and they're definitely going to have to play next weekend. Uh, it looks like they're probably going to avoid the long trip across the country. Again, we'll get to who they could play. Uh, the the one we'll put a bow on this resting by with this with this one here, uh, Adoree Jackson. So what are they going to do? What would they do with him? Right. So he, he hasn't played since November 20th, sprained his knee. Everyone knows uh, sprained his MCL on a punt return. He only played 18 defensive snaps and two on special teams in that game. Uh, So he really hasn't played a full game since November the 13th. So if he's healthy enough to play in this game, what do you do with him? Do you, do you completely rest him? Do you play him for a little bit? Do you play him for a more prolonged period of time than the, then the starters, because you want to get his legs back under him, and he's their number one cornerback. Again, uh, you know, they obviously need him for wildcard weekend. Looks like they probably could have him. Uh, and also, um, you know, but he is a veteran, you know, so it's not like he's unfamiliar with late season wear and tear and all that on your body. So where do, you, where do you fall on him in particular? Say he is healthy enough to play, how much, if at all, should they play him?
1: I do want to see him play a little bit, um, and, uh, and I'll use this as an example. Uh, you know he's coming back from an injury, so I want to see like how strong he is and how well he plays. Uh, but the the example I'm going to give you is Aziz uh Jelari was coming back from a sprained ankle and he got on the field last week and he did, he barely played. He played seven snaps, and I have to think some of that had to do with he wasn't right. Uh, so I want to see, and and I guess you can probably see that to some extent in practice. But you know if that is the case, that you can see it in practice. They obviously – they haven't either – they haven't seen it or he hasn't felt it uh, to this point um, because, you know, we both thought he was going to come back last week, and he hasn't felt strong enough to play. So I want to see it on the field in a game when you're going full speed, uh, you know, before before I'm ready to rest, ride my playoff hopes on him. You know, Nick, Nick McLeod and Fabian Moreau have been the guys – pretty much uh, playing in his absence and they're still around and they're still healthy. Um, And I'm sure they're probably going to still play some, Uh, you know, Cordell Flott's been getting on the field lately too. You know, to me, Odori Jackson's got to show me a little bit before I'm ready to just go into a playoff game uh, against a team that has Justin Jefferson, Um, you know, and, and, and be confident that he's okay to play and, and play at the level that you're accustomed to seeing him play
0: for sure. And um, we'll, so not really much worth
1: talking about from the Colts game, but we'll
0: touch on the cave Thibodeau stuff here. Um, so everyone knows what happened. He hit Nick Foles and Nick Foles hurt his ribs, big sack, clean hit. And then the cave Thibodeau does the the snowman, Next to Nick Foles as he's on the ground, and um, he got a lot of criticism from that, including from Jeff Saturday, the Col- Colts interim head coach, and and Ryan Kelly, one of their offensive linemen as well. Um, and so Thibodeau said, you know, I didn't know he was hurt that badly. Okay. Um, then he goes to the sideline as the cart was coming out for this for Foles and does the go-to-sleep thing with the two hands, the gesture with the two hands kind of on the side of your cocked head there, like, you know, as if taking a nap. Which, okay, so that's what happened, and I'll give my two cents. On it here um i'll give him the benefit of i mean first of all he's a young guy he's a very emotional young man and that works in his benefit a lot um the optics of this were bad uh especially the go to sleep gesture um and so i think you know he just got too emotional i mean it doesn't make him the worst person in the world but you should again i just setting aside the demar hamlin thing because that happened obviously after this a player should never do that. Go to sleep gesture on the field, it should, or on the sideline. It you should never do that. It's insensitive, you know. In in an era where guys can't beg ignorance anymore on the severity of head injuries, you should never do it. It's like doing the throat sledding thing, but almost worse, you know. Because no one's gonna, no one's saying you're gonna get your throat slit for real on the football field, but you know, head <laughs> injuries are for real. And to do that type of unconscious reference to someone being unconscious, especially it was after the snow the snow angel thing okay so th- that to me is is the worst part of it in terms of the optics again it doesn't make him a terrible person I think he overreacted he got over emotional in a very emotional game that was full of celebration from the get-go because the giants were beating a, a bad team um but that's sort of where i that's sort of where i fall in it.
1: yeah i mean i i i agree with you on on everything you just said um I th- and and Kayvon's statement afterwards was, I think when I did realize he was hurt, that's when we started getting up. When you were doing the celebration, you were looking to see who's, who's doing what. I hope he gets well, and I hope he is all right, which was the right thing to say after the game. Um, you know, I, I I I wish Brian Dable had said yesterday, he, Brian basically said, you know, Kayvon said what he said, and I think I'll just leave it at that. Uh, but I wish he had said, you know, I, I'm I'm... Kayvon said what he said. I'm gonna to talk to him. Uh, you know, it, i am I'm not sure he handled this the right way, uh, but I'll, I'll talk to him and you know, we'll get things straightened out. That'll be between us. Uh I wish he had said that. Um I wish Kayvon hadn't done what he'd done. Jeff Saturday made an ex- I did think he made an excellent point about how his, his own players should have. I mean, I guess they were concerned about Nick Foles, but they should have said, "Hey, listen, get up, man, get up. This guy's hurt." And they, you know, they should have done that. And maybe even the Giants players should have, should have done that. Hey, it K- went on for stop. a while. Yeah, well, it, yeah. It's it, came on Stop. It, it was
0: uncomfortable. Yeah,
1: but well, well, you, you can see him still doing it. And the, the, the uh, medical staff of the Colts was on the field already, coming to to Foles's aid, and he was still doing it. It, it went on too long. Uh, so, I mean, it, it should be a point, it should be something that Kayvon looks, hopefully when Kayvon looks at it on film, if he does, he sees, you know, yeah, I, I was, I went too far there. Uh, and in the future doesn't do anything like that. Hopefully he, he learns from, from that, but you made a great point about he plays with a lot of motion and it, it plays to his benefit a lot. And that part is very true. He's young, young. Um, but hopefully when he looks at that video, that's, you know, he says, yeah, you know what? I, 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 went too far this time.
0: And and to be clear, the hit was clean. And so you'd prefer, if you were to say like, um, would you rather have a guy give a dirty hit and not celebrating in a, in a, in a kind of classless way or the opposite, I think you would prefer the clean hit and then the guy does something that's not overtly physically hurtful. Um, so it was a clean hit again. And, you know, no one's saying he's a dirty player. No one's saying he's a bad person. Um, but I mean,
1: basically it comes down to this. He made a bad decision. Uh, and hopefully, and again, hopefully when he sees what it, what it, what the optics look like, he, he realizes that he made a bad decision.
0: And Nick Foles, um, not, um, you know, not going to play this week. And, uh, but in terms of, and we talked about who will or won't play for the giants, obviously the Eagles are going to play their players. Uh, but I wanted to touch on one thing related to this game. We're kind of jumping around a little bit right at the end, but but we've waited probably, we'll probably way wait too long to talk about who the Giants could play in the which is in the playoffs, which is what all Giants fans really want to talk about at this point because it's the sixth seed sewn up. The This regular season finale really doesn't mean a whole lot, if anything, in Philadelphia, and it's going to be Minnesota or San Francisco, likely Minnesota. The Giants likely going to Minnesota and not going to San Francisco because The Vikings lost to the Packers on on Sunday while the 49ers beat the Raiders. So the Vikings now the three seed, the Niners the two seed. The only way that can flip flop and the Niners go back to the three is if they lose to the Cardinals and the Vikings have to beat the Bears, I think. Right. So, um,
1: you you know, this
0: better than I do. But is there any way the Cowboys could be the three seed? Nope. There's no, the only two teams that could be the three and I'm basing this off. So there's a really good Twitter account, NFL. I didn't go and crunch these numbers. NFL playoff scenarios is a, is a really good and accurate Twitter account and website. And the only two teams uh, that can be now the Eagles could drop to the five. The Cowboys can certainly stay at the five. Uh, right. but there's only two teams that can be the three and i'm not i don't even honestly i don't know why like just that's just the way it is that's
1: fine. send our, send our <laughs> listeners there and that's good yeah just
0: yeah just like there's probably eight million permutations or whatever but it's either minnesota or san francisco for the giants which really makes scouting a lot easier because they can get a little bit of a head start on that and they just played the vikings um, but, but again for the reason i just explained it's likely going to be minnesota um and the giants as i wrote coming out of the game on Sunday, they should be thrilled about that because they almost number one, they almost beat just beat the Vikings in Minnesota fresh off that game a couple weeks ago on Christmas Eve. Number two, the Niners defense is ridiculous elite and the giants would have a hard time going cross country, moving the ball against the Niners defense that they haven't seen yet this year. At the very least, they've seen Justin Jefferson. He tore him up, but they've seen him. (laughs) So I presume you agree that, you know, this Minnesota trip much better in many ways for the Giants than the San Francisco trip.
1: Much better for the Giants, not much better for us because last, last time I was there it was like 89 below. Uh, but it could be a ball. Yeah, well. yeah the, I mean they, they got to go to Minnesota thinking we can we can win. They they could have won that day. They they left points on the board. Um, you know, they 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 had a draw they, they had a drop when they could have got a first down by Richie James. They had the, the Daniel Jones interception. They had the block punt. I mean, and they and still had a weren't a, the Vikings needed a sixty one yard miracle to beat them at the buzzer. Uh, so yes, they have to know that they can beat the the Vikings in Minnesota. Uh, and now you know, you know, it's not the a, a real kind of. It's not Justin Jefferson or. Kirk Cousins, but they're missing their right tackle, and it sounds like he could be out for an extended period. Brian O'Neal, uh, you know, and this me, the Giants' pass rushes, and the Giants' defense is uh, is peaking right now. Um, you know, it's healthy, it's peaking, and this, as we've talked about before, the secondary could be entirely back. Um, you know, this is uh, – and the, and the Vikings' defense just isn't very good. It's a very winnable game in Minnesota. Sure. Um, so, yeah, Giants fans should be excited about that.
0: Yeah, and it looks like that's where it's going to go. It's not locked in yet, and we'll talk more about the playoff matchup next week coming out of the Eagles game because we're not going to necessarily be recapping much about that game. Um, but the, the the Vikings are much more vulnerable 12-14 and 14 than the Niners are. They're both 12-4. and four. The, the Niners' point differential is plus 148, which is uh, second in the NFL. <laughs> to the bills um whereas the point differential for for the vikings minus 19 at 12 and 4 which it's is the un- weirdest 12 and 4 team ever <laughs> and by the way the giants point differential i looked at this it's after after beating the colts by 28 points their point differential this year is zero so <laughs> that, of course right that just tells you everything you need to know about how this giant season has unfolded in dramatic tight fashion even though they the,
1: the, the vikings only win by more than one score is o- on opening day against the packers crazy well, they're, a they're a
0: vulnerable 12 and 14 for the many reasons that we just listed and we'll, we'll certainly probably get more into that next week presuming that's that's a team that the giants do play and uh, we'll see how that unfolds uh but uh, and you mentioned, you know, the Giants could make a run because of their defense, and uh, there's a lot to talk about about maybe why this team could continue to play well in the postseason and win a game or two, uh, or maybe more. Who knows if, you know, certainly Daniel Jones is right there. We didn't even mention him. and go, You know, continue to have a great season with that performance on Sunday. And if he keeps that up, as Steve Politi, our columnist, wrote, man, you know, who knows? The sky's maybe not the limit, but they could do a lot in the postseason. The Giants could. Uh, one quick point I wanted to just bring up related to this game on Sunday. So, uh, where do you, uh, where do you stand on coach of the year? Like, so is Brian Dable the coach of the year in the NFL? Is Nick Sirianni the coach of the year in the NFL? I'll lay out my case real quick here. And I think Doug Peterson, um, or Dan Campbell, you know, if either of those teams make the playoffs, they have an argument. Uh, but let's just look at it from the, the Dable Sirianni perspective. Yeah. The Eagles lost their last two games. Uh, Gardner Minshew is a quarterback, so that's a mitigating factor. Obviously, the Eagles have a more talented roster. The Eagles also have won more games than the Giants. I don't think Sunday's game will have, should have any bearing on Coach of the Year unless, unless Dable beats Sirianni with backups somehow on the road. Um, uh, but I think Brian Dable has a legit argument for Coach of the Year. And it, it before the Jalen Hurts injury, if the Eagles kept cruising, I think Sirianni, even though his roster is better, would have and probably should have sewn it up. But now I think it's it's you could make a case for Dable, right? A good one.
1: Yeah, I you know I, I think if you throw in 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 Doug Peterson uh, and and Dan Campbell also are strong cases as you just did. I, I would probably put Peterson over Campbell, uh, but you know the the two finalists probably should be Dable and Sirianni. Um, and if the Eagles are the number one seed, I would probably say I'd go with Nick Sirianni because you know. The, the narrative now is, oh, the the Eagles have a great roster. Anybody could do what Jalen Hurts did, which we 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 found out with Gardner Minshew last week against the Saints. That's that's not the case. Uh, and you know, people have to remember that coming into this season, there are people around the league and in Philadelphia who thought, oh, Gardner Minshew, you know, should challenge Jalen Hurts to be the starting quarterback. Well, you know, we we found out all that isn't true. The Siriani and his coaching staff have allowed Jalen Hurts to take an incredible leap to become one of the elite quarterbacks in the league. Uh and I, you know, I think from going from nine and eight to fourteen and three. How many did the Giants win last year? Six? Four. They won. There were four and thirteen four. Last year. Okay. So they they their their jump's gonna be five wins greater the eagles is going to be five i mean yeah i don't uh you can make great cases for both of them you really can um and they they've both done incredible jobs i'm i'm not going to vote for either one i don't have to vote
0: <laughs> we don't even have a vote so i don't even, honestly That's i true. Somebody, That's- the writers vote or whatever it is, but honestly, it, it, Brian Dable and Nick Sirianni do not care one bit about this. Like, of they course, they want to win playoff games. They want to, they want to run, make a deep run in the playoffs. But I think both of these guys are cases for, and then just a quick veering into Jets territory. You know, but Robert Sala said this week, oh, you know, we got to be patient with Zach Wilson, blah blah blah. You know, you see what happened with Daniel Jones. They were patient with him, and even you know Jalen Hurts. They were patient with him, but you know Jones had more of a track record of not playing well than Hurts. Uh, even though Sirianni's really done a great job with transforming Hurts this year. Yeah, the Giants were patient with Daniel Jones, but they weren't patient with the in-over-their-head guys who were coaching him. They got rid of Joe Judge, who didn't have an offensive background. They got rid of... Jason Garrett, who was inept and uncreative. Okay. So like Robert Sala should be careful what he wishes for as a non-offensive minded head coach who has an OC who's struggled this year. It's like, oh yeah, but the, the reason why, um, you know, one of the reasons why the Daniel Jones has played well, is not just that they sat around and were patient with him and patient with everybody around him. They brought in a guy who knew what he was doing offensively and Brian Dable. So anyway, there you go. So, uh, but the giants on Sunday, obviously their long awaited celebration um, uh, f- making the playoffs. Uh, this team has been through, you know, just so much misery over the last five years, tied with the jets for the NFL's worst record. And here they are, uh, in, in the postseason. Uh, and so, you know, as Jihad Ward said after the game and he came out of the shower, get your ass to the cl- club and they did. I saw Jihad Ward's Instagram story. They went to the club. Uh, it looked like it was a little bit too loud for an old dork like me. Uh, but, uh, but they had a great time. And real quick before we go, um, so we we don't need to get into playoff picks yet. But what's your pick for this game? As I try to find it in my email, you didn't email your pick yet. But what uh, I haven't,
1: I haven't what picked yet. Uh, but I will now. Um, I think Jalen Hurts returns in the Eagles, uh, probably probably against a mostly most of the game backup playing Giants team. Uh, get 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 the mission they set out to accomplish two weeks ago in Dallas and, and have whiffed twice on, but I think they finally get the number one seed and win the division. Uh, let's call it a 28 to 14 win. Yeah. I got Eagles
0: 31 Giants 17. Uh, Eagles are a better team. Even if both teams are healthy, we are playing all their starters. We saw that. Um, uh, I don't think the giants, I think the giants will, will rest some of their guys for some of the game, but all, I think all their healthy guys will play some of the game, if that if that makes any bit of sense. So 31 17, Giants uh, losing to the Eagles in week 18, uh, and then the Giants getting ready for their playoff game, which could be uh, just a bit of housekeeping. It could be Saturday, Sunday, or Monday. There's two games Saturday, three games Sunday, and one game Monday. So if you're making your travel plans, I know somebody was emailing me about booking flights and like, should I do this or that or cancel? I was like, dude, remember, you know, these games could be one of three days. That really makes it hard for you to book book travel but just keep that in mind uh coming up next weekend and that will obviously be all sorted out coming out of the sunday night game in week 18 um and look uh you know just we'll we'll see what what you know damar hamlin's situation how that you know affects the sort of the general mood and the and the tenor around the league this week obviously it's a tough week and a tough day here for for everyone in the nfl and so um, this, you know, keep that in mind as you're kind of consuming, uh, your, your sports coverage here, but we appreciate everybody listening. Um, p- please like subscribe rate review, uh, this, uh, this, this year podcast on all your favorite podcasting platforms. And we'll be back with you next week, looking ahead, uh, to the giants playoff game. So we'll talk to you then.